Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cocky's Corner. I've got my both my co-hosts back this week. G Money's not deciding to sleep on the show this week, so G Money, we got you back in the <laughs> studio. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good. A little bit of extra excitement because new coach. Yeah, your voice really shows that excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited well, we'll we'll get into that later. All right, and uh, Spencer, how how are you tonight? I'm good. Beamer Ball's coming to Columbia. To Beamer Ball 2.0. That's right. That is right. It is official. Shane Beamer is the next head coach at the University of South Carolina. And I think we're in for an exciting, exciting, exciting many years um, in front of us. I think this was a home run hire, even though a lot of some of the national people seem to be questioning it. I think this was the perfect hire for South Carolina. What are y'all's just initial thoughts? We'll dive into it more after this, but just initial kind of 30-second thoughts. What do you got? Um, initially, for me, when it when the, when the news first broke, I, I absolutely hated it. Hated it. That's because, well, it, it just seemed like I, I was a little bit more high on, on Napier <laughs> when, when we figured out that it, did you watch down the game on those Friday? Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, and, and I mean, it seemed like, I don't, I don't know if y'all know, y'all may know a little bit more about this than I do, but it seemed like there were some issues, like, off the field or something. I'm not sure if that's right, but I'd saw, seen that somewhere. I don't then. know. I've heard of that, but I don't know specifically what they were. Yeah, it just... I, I just wasn't too too high on it, but I think I've talked talked myself into it a little bit more as the days have gone on since he's been hired. And listening to the press conference helped. I think he nailed it, and that was a home run. But as we know, Muschamp, um, Muschamp did pretty well in the press conference, and we saw how that worked <laughs> out. So, <laughs> well, and Spence, we'll get yours in a second. But interesting that you brought up Muschamp because I don't want to talk about Napier much. But to me, watching Napier coach that game, it was like watching an offensive Muschamp. It was yeah. a similar offense as Muschamp liked to run. The play calling there at the end, especially with the safety thing, just looked like something stupid Muschamp would do that was just ultra-conservative. I felt like I was watching a Muschamp coach team, and I just I didn't understand why anybody would want Muschamp 2.0 on sidelines. Yeah, and, and more as more and more came out, it just seemed like he was kind of seeing it more as a stepping stone almost. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think the money was an issue too. Which I think uh, with Beamer's contract, I don't think it's official yet, but I think he'll have more than enough to put a good staff yeah, together. Rumored, and the rumored number is five years, two point seven five million a year. Yep, I think that's a perfect contract for him. He uh, has enough money to get his staff together, and, and there's yeah, a lot of people around him. There's a lot of incentives too. So I mean, if he wins, he's getting more. Yeah. But you're not guaranteed that up front, which gives him more breathing room for the staff. Mm-hmm. Spencer, what about you? What are your initial thoughts? I mean, I love it. I think we we finally got our guy, somebody that wants wants to be here. You can tell that just from watching all the videos that all the athletic department pages have put out, the press conference. I mean, the, the guy, when he first flew in on what day was it? Sunday, wasn't it? I, I think. So, I don't yeah, even know the, the days have run together. But, I mean, he was on the field reliving memories from when he was on Spurrier's staff watching his daughter on the on the field doing Easter egg hunts and got choked up. So, I mean, it's just somewhere he's got family ties to. He's seen his family grow up at Carolina. He seems to want the job. He's young, which is something we haven't had in, I don't know, ever. We've always seemed to get coaches – that are coming here to retire pretty much, Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier. And, I mean, it's just we finally feel like we've got some – we've got a young guy that wants to be here. So, he's got energy. I just think – I mean, it's worth the risk in my opinion because if he doesn't work out at year four or five, we're no worse off. We can't possibly be any worse off. Plus, you've always got that opp- that chance – because he wants to be here so bad, it seems like, that he's just going to knock it out of the park. So, overall, I think that they did about as good a job as you can get. I know he's not the flashiest name out there, but just seeing what I've seen from some of the Oklahoma fans on Twitter, I mean, they think it's a great hire. It's not the biggest name, but it would, in my opinion, I think it's going to work out in the long run. So, 
Yeah, I agree. And going back to about the video of him walking on the field, there's some unconfirmed reports out there that Ed Spencer was watching that he was sitting there blubbering like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, they're unconfirmed, but he's also not denying it. So I guess we'll... Uh, not, that did not happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they all say. Um, no, but seriously, I, I think that... I mean, y'all can go back. I, we covered this. Me and Spencer did on the last show. And I gave my case for Beamer on that one, so y'all know that I was excited about it. Um, but, and I, I hadn't gone back and listened to that recently to say what all I said, and I've talked so much about him to people over the last couple of weeks that I don't remember what I've said on what and to who. But, um, I mean, I gave most of my thoughts on there. But it was just, I, I don't think that, I mean, I saw J.C. Sherbert on the big story made a good point. He said, this is the first time in the history of South Carolina football that you hired a fan of South Carolina as the coach. <laughs> and, I mean, that means something. He yeah. knows what it I've takes to win I've even seen here. some of the Clemson fans on Twitter that it's saying that. It's, it finally feels like South Carolina has got somebody that wants to be there and loves the school. And that's coming from your rival. Yeah, and so, I mean, I mean I, here's the thing, too, with – and I don't want to keep bringing Muschamp up because, honestly, I'm just tired of talking about him and don't really care to say his name much anymore again. Um He's Didn't he offer to help Beamer out in any way he could? He did say that, I think, which is respectful of so. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't really know that Beamer really needs, needs much help. To have did you? That, but, um, I will say, though, that there's a big difference in that Muschamp, when he was asked about his loyalty to South Carolina, he said, um, you're loyal to whoever pays your, pays your paycheck, is what he said. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Beamer gets hired, and he talks about how Ever since he's been here in 2010, so 10 years ago, he still records the coaches show every single week and has to listen to Todd Ellis talk for 30 minutes on it. <laughs> I mean, he could, he sits there and listens to Todd Ellis say, this week's Terminex player of the game is uh, Kevin Harris or whoever. He's listened to that for 10 years because he loves South Carolina that much. Yep. And um, he, I mean, like you said in the press conference, he told his wife when he left um, that if he was ever going to be the head coach at Carolina, he needed to leave. And I think that yep. was true. Um, and he's back. Like he said on their press conference, he did it. Or he said, we, he's, I believe his exact words were, we did it, baby. Um, and so it's just really exciting to see him be there. He was going to accept this job over any other job in the country, um, even over Virginia Tech where he went to school and where his dad obviously coached. They, it had been reported that if they both offered him the job, he was taking South Carolina's. He... Uh, He's going to be the easiest coach to rally around I think South Carolina's ever had. Even, I mean, obviously Spurrier's like was a huge name, but I think that Beamer will be just the most likable, easy to rally around um, It's just, out. it's a totally different coaching style. I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to be one of these guys that's going to come in and he's going to want to have, he, he's going to be one that if, you, if your team's having fun, you're going to play well. That's... Mm-hmm what his and that's the, the run it like the nfl but he was more of it he was more of just like cracking jokes to take the pressure off the team and he wasn't hard-nosed but he was more of an old style of coaching than beamer is which is something i think is good that we've got now with beamer yeah and i think that's a good point because even if we don't even if it doesn't work out as to a ton of success on the field i think no matter what it's going to be a fun football team to watch. Again. I mm-hmm. mean, these last five years, it just hadn't been a fun team to watch. And I'm ready for some fun football. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me at the time when it first broke is it's not the it's not the safe choice. It has a lot of risk involved with it, and it, it seems like, um, especially with Muschamp, that it, it was just safety. And I know that kind of wasn't um, something that they obviously wasn't a priority in this hire because got a guy that um doesn't really have the head coaching experience but that's not really that bad that bad of a thing right now for him obviously it's gotten um he's gotten the support of the 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 big donors and that paid most champs buy out he's got the support of the former players that are some of the best players that we've ever had here the former players are huge i think the, because the thing, those are the guys that can help you recruit if you ever need it. 
because they've played for him. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me is just the risk involved, but I think that's something that we needed to take after our last hour. So. Yeah, and that's something that I've been saying for about the last year and a half, year or so, whenever whenever like Muschamp needed to get fired last year. Um, but I've been telling people this, not even just talking about Shane Beamer, but just in general. At a school like South Carolina, you need to take the guy that's going to give you the highest upside. And even if that's the biggest risk, because mm-hmm. like Spencer was talking about a few minutes ago, if it works out, then great, you have your guy. If it doesn't, okay, you do it again in five years and take another. you get, you get another bullet to try to take a shot. And I love that we went with that way. Because Napier probably could have won seven or eight games here. Yeah, but, but I think that would have been about higher. it. Yeah. I think that would have been about his ceiling. And we're paying, we'd be paying him a heck of a lot more money too. Yeah, and I don't know, and uh, I mean, and he's somebody that would not surprise me if he bolted either, if he did build something better. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance Shane Beamer ever leaves this job unless he's forced out. Was Was Jamie Chadwell ever a? a I know he was kind of towards the top, but was he ever in real consideration? Uh, I, they interviewed him in person. Um. The reports that have come out were that he completely bombed his interview. That mm. he like had no answer at all for what kind of staff he would put together. Um, <laughs> See, how do you and, go into an interview and not know that question? Well, he doesn't have connections. Like his staff. Like if you ask him, who can you realistically hire? It's going to be pretty much his Coastal Carolina staff because he's never worked with anybody at a Beamer. Yeah, and I think in Beamer's press conference, I mean, five-and-a-half-hour-long interview, and he was – I think he said that he had had NFL coaches, um, head coaches calling him, recommending people. So, yeah, I think he's got the the connections that he um, needs to put together a staff that is going to do well. So – if nothing else, I mean, he's got – I mean, his dad's Frank Beamer. Yeah, he's going to so, be involved, I mean, he, he said. He's going to be involved, which is going to help also with extra connections for some guys that you may not have a chance to get just as Shane Beamer might not have a chance to get, but you throw his daddy's name in there that he's not going to be coaching, but he's going to be heavily involved. That could help you get some bigger-name guys too just because they want the chance to be around and pick Frank's – Frank Beamer's brain a little bit. Did you uh did y'all see what he called Clemson in the interview or in the yes. press conference? <laughs> Loved it. Shades of Spurrier. I thought that was kind of funny. I, I, that's what I that's what I call him on the podcast here, and y'all get mad at me. No, I just thought <laughs> it was kind of funny that he said it in the in the press conference. I loved it. I mean, that's the kind of attitude. I, I wish the school honestly would take that. I wish they would not put that name on anything when they um. Like, post a schedule. I wish they would just post something else. Like, post an ACC logo or something. I don't know. But, like, why do... I've never understood that. When you're playing that team, I get that you're playing against them, but why put their logo in the stadium? Like, why even do it? <laughs> I'm serious. I, I just... I've never understood it personally. But anyways, um, I was going to say something, and I got off track. Oh, it was... I was talking, when we were talking about his connections. The thing about Beamer, too, is according to everybody that knows him and is connected with the coaching world... He is such a likable guy that all mm-hmm. these people truly want him to succeed, so they're willing to go and help. Like they've said that, possibly even a guy like Ellis Johnson, they talked about how he would like probably come and do a, any type of role Beamer asked for of him, just because he wants him to be like he likes him so much and wants him to be successful that badly. See, and those are the guys that I would potentially want to see him go after because they were around Carolina football in the heyday when we were winning between 8 and 11 games each year and going to those big New Year's Day bowl games. They know what it takes to succeed. So bring those guys that he worked with when he was here under Spurrier, bring those guys back. Build a program with what you know works, how you won last time you were here. And go from there. I mean, I know some of those guys are older. Bring them back to build your foundation, and then you can start branching out and getting some other guys, other guys later on a few years down the road once you've got a solid foundation built. Well, I'm all for – what is that noise? <laughs> what? What? I thought I heard something. I guess not. Mm. I <laughs> but I'm all for bringing them back, but I'm thinking more in like a analyst role because – 
what you don't want is it to look like you're just trying to basically yeah. be Spurrier. And also, yeah, I mean, and you can't yeah, go and I mean, hire a bunch see of older that. guys because you got to recruit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but you like hire one guy, Ace I, I've, I've seen GA Mangus talked about his. I mean, I don't think it would happen bringing being brought back as the offensive coordinator. I don't think I don't that'll think, happen. I think he could do. He could do better, but he could also do much worse. I don't think it would happen, but yeah, I'm agree with you. I don't think J.M. Ingles would be a bad offensive coordinator. But Isn't the most there's popular better guys he could get, but most popular it would not be the worst move he could make. Yeah, the most popular guy right now isn't it still Garrett Riley? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about some potential coaching staff here. Um, offensive coordinator, the momentum seems to be leading towards a Garrett Riley and Mike Bobo co-offensive coordinator situation. Oh, Bobo needs to be fired. <laughs> uh, I know, and I, I get a little frustrated with some of the Bobo. I think that has to do with recruiting. There, well, not only it's that, it's got everything to do with no, stock. I don't, I don't think it does because here's what you got to remember. With this in mind, it would be one would be titled kind of in charge of the running game, would be charge of kind of the passing yeah, game. Our running that. game has been incredible this year, not just because Kevin oh, Harris yeah, is Yeah, I mean, he does have that going for him. He's, Kevin Harris has been absolutely insane. And it, but it's not only just because he's been a great running back. He's typically had pretty good lanes. Like, the scheme has been pretty good. Um, Who's the line coach? I don't oh, Wolford remember. needs to be gone. <laughs> well, I mean, They've no, been no, banged no. The up pass all blocking year. has been absolutely well, yeah, pass blocking, <laughs> but I don't know. No, he needs to be gone. He needs to be gone. He needed to be gone two weeks ago. But yeah. Um. Anyways, um. Going back though to offensive coordinator, that seems to be the most popular theory right now. There's some other names out there. Uh, one that I've heard that I think is just not realistic. I don't see how it would possibly happen, but it would be my number one choice. Even like I just don't see it happening. But the most Joe popular Brady. Ones, no, that that's that's not. That's true. out. <laughs> no, but they talked about. Name. There's been a rumor <laughs> that Brian Johnson from Florida that we interviewed to be the head coach would possibly come as an offensive coordinator because we could, we would we would offer him more money. But I mean, he could get that from Florida. They could they could pay him. But the idea would be that that way he would get sole credit for the offense instead of having to share it with Dan Mullen. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I. I just don't see him leaving Florida to come to South Carolina with the way Florida's rolling right now. Um, but he would be my number one choice, no question. Past that, there's been some rumors that Phil Longo, the guy from North Carolina, um, oh, there was somebody else. Who was it? I can't remember right now. It's it's escaping me at the moment. But I think what we'll probably end up seeing is Garrett Riley and Mike Bobo being on staff as co-offensive coordinators and which is not bad. He could, do mu- he, he could do much. He could definitely do worse. He could do much worse than that. And I think it would be a good situation too because um, I think that Garrett Riley, just watching some of his highlights, I think he has some good ideas, but I don't love some of his play calls. I think Bobo would be the more of the primary play caller, and I think Bobo with the right personnel would be a good play caller and with the right playbook. Because you got to remember right now, it has been said that Bobo does not want to have to use like the eye formation and all, but with our personnel, he had to do it. We have we don't have receivers, yeah. um, and so I think with the right playbook, <clears throat> and is that he doesn't want to run the eye formation, but he does it because it fits the personnel, which is something that I, with a lot of coaches, Will Muschamp, that were so hard headed and didn't want to change your game plans week to week or year to year, they didn't want to, they don't want to change what they want to do to fit their personnel. You've got to change what you do to fit the personnel you've got. Is that, I mean, you, you're just not going to be able to run a system that you don't have the players for, and that's something that I like that they have done this year, which we have not always done. Yeah, and one other thing, too, with this, if this is the route they go, is Beamer has said that he wants to run an offense very similar to Oklahoma's. That's what I was about to say. Bobo's, yep. Well, Bobo's not going to agree to it, and he's not going to keep Bobo if Bobo's not going to stick to doing that. Like So if Bobo and Garrett Riley both come on and say they're doing that, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. If not, Bobo would be without a job next year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if, the, if that was the case, then he'd be fine just getting fired now because he would still get paid the salary because he has a two-year deal. Um so I don't, I'm not too worried about it. Now, would it be my number one choice? Probably not. I'll be honest. I don't think that keeping Bobo would be my number one choice. But I don't think it's the worst case scenario. I think I'd be interested to see what he could do. 
opening up the offense a little bit more. And, I mean, it does guarantee you Gunnar Stockton if you keep him in Connor Shaw. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see. That's if... one that I'm excited about is Connor Shaw staying on his quarterback's coach. Well, that's not guaranteed. No, but. He will be on staff I, in some capacity. I mean, I kind of think it would be a no-brainer, though, almost. Well, evidently, um, Perry Orth, I think is who was the one who said it, said that he had heard that Connor Shaw, and right now with his family being soon, may not want to go into a full-time on-the-field coaching position, that he may want to be more of the um, player development for now. Mm. Uh, his long-term goal is to get onto on-the-field coaching. Um, but I think there is a chance that he would prefer to stay in a behind-the-scenes. Now, my idea, I, want, I would love for him to be quarterback's coach because I would love to have him on the road recruiting. Um, but he's going to be with the program in some shape or form, no matter what. That's hard to even say. Yeah. Um, then going to the other side of the ball, defense. Uh, T. Rob's already officially been let go. Kyle Krantz has already officially been let go. There were rumors today I read that said the entire defensive staff is being let go, but they were told to, in order to receive their final paycheck, they had to stay through the bowl game. I don't know if that's true. That was not founded. That was complete rumor. So I have no clue if that's true or not. I kind of doubt it's true because I think Rod Wilson will stay on staff. Um, but it, it could be. But defensive coordinator, there's been a few names going around. Um, I'd go get Derek Mason. Yeah, I would love Derek Mason, but I, I've heard that he isn't really a realistic candidate. I don't think he really has much of a connection to Beamer. Um, mm. The two most popular names I've heard are, I'm not sure how this guy's last name's pronounced. It's either it's John either Heacock or Heacock. He's the uh, off, or not offensive, the defensive coordinator at Iowa State. Um, he would be my number one choice. He runs a very innovative, it's a three-three-five scheme that does a lot of different, like, creative blitzes and stuff like that. Like, Dabo Sweeney actually sent Brent Venables to him a few years ago to learn his scheme. Uh, that's how highly he's thought of. Um, hmm. And they said there's a realistic chance he comes. Uh, if he doesn't come, the other names I've heard are possibly um, Bud Foster coming out of retirement. I don't, I don't really like that. I don't love it, but I don't hate it as much as I thought of it. Like, right when, I first, when you hear come out of retirement, it doesn't sound great because you think old. But Bud Foster's really mm-hmm. not that old. He's only 61. He's not a real no. old guy. Like the John Haycock guy that I was just telling you about, Haycock, however it's pronounced, he is he's 60. It's just because he's an active coach, he seems like a better option. Um, the other one other than those that I've heard the most would be Jay Bateman uh, from North Carolina. I yeah. think their, their defense this year has not been great, but he's yeah, really yeah, super yeah. well, and they just don't have much right now. Like on Yeah, the it's only the second year of that staff, so and he, did, he was not really based off much. Um, which he has a connection with Cassidy. Where's he been before he was in North Carolina? Army. Hmm. Um, so if he was at Army, that could legitimately be a possibility. Yeah, and then the only other one that I've heard, and I don't want this one at all, is Kevin Steele. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's – I just don't think super highly of him as a defensive coordinator. I mean, he hadn't done much at Auburn. And he's 62, so he's even older than Bud Foster. Um, and, you know, he was the one that infamously got 70 points put up on him by West Virginia. <laughs> 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 so I don't uh, I don't want him <laughs> yeah uh, well I mean we scored I, I'm, 30 on this year so, but. I just want somebody who doesn't run the bend don't break thing yeah. where we leave 15 yards between yes. that's the biggest thing for me that's what I enjoy watching in the Spurrier days was blitzing guys and I mean having defensive backs and safeties that come up and ball hawk and play tight man to man coverages and stuff not just mm-hmm. sitting back in a zone and let them throw the ball all over the yard and just I would don't much, give up the 30 yarder I would much rather give up one to two long touchdowns a game than have to watch them drive it down our throats the entire game oh yep. no doubt no doubt that's what it's been the last four years I just years, want to see a defensive years. back Within ten yards of somebody when they with a, of a receiver when they catch the ball, I don't know the last time that I've seen that from this defense. I really don't. And I mean, I think it, it's obvious that we could have like 
with the right scheme, our defense could have been pretty well, good because if you look, we have guys that played for us over the last five years that have gone to the pros and done better in the pros than they did in college. Mm-hmm. Rashad Fenton's been a better professional player than in college. Keyshawn Nixon's been better in the pros than in college. Um, who are some more that uh, I've noticed? Uh, gosh, I feel like there's another one I was just thinking of. Chris Lamont's. Yeah. Hung around yeah, for a while. he has. I don't, he's he's still, I don't know if he's still hanging around somewhere or not, but he was around for a while playing well. I mean, there were got, there were players on those defenses. Which it kills me to see that because you know, for, I mean, that just tells you right there your player development is not there. Well, I think the see, player development was there. They just weren't put in positions to make the well, plays. Well, yeah, yeah. it's just I mean, a scheme. That, yeah. I mean, I mean I like, even see. look at this year. Look at J.C. Horn against Auburn. They finally just let him go one-on-one the whole game with their best receiver. Has the best game of his career by far. Didn't do it again the rest of the season. Yeah. It's just like stuff that didn't make any <laughs> sense, but they clearly don't have to deal with it anymore. Um, I think the biggest thing for me on the coaching staff is going back to the offense. I, I, I'm interested to see – I don't know if they're going to do this or not. I would assume that they would at least try it is to kind of implement the air raid part of Oklahoma's offense. And I'm, I'm just ready to see some more exciting offensive football that we've seen in the last five years. I mean, you got here? Points. I mean, points are the name of the game in football, college football now. I mean, you don't see guy teams winning games 20-10 to 10 or 24-17 or anything. I mean, you do occasionally, but it's not big defensive battles like you saw – 15, 20 years ago. I mean, now teams are putting up 50 and 60 points a game. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have a defense, but if you can make four to five stops a game and put up 35 points, I mean, that's what you got to do to win games now. You got to be able to score. And sometimes, not just score, you got to be able to outscore the mm-hmm. opponent that can also score. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, it, it, it's getting to where it's college football is going the way of the Big 12 where there's a little bit of defense and a whole lot of offense. Yep. And yet we were still running a 1990s offense. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one thing, if they if he can get somebody that'll put the air raid in, could be very exciting because if you know that we're going to be able to throw the ball and we've still got Kevin Harris and Marshawn Lloyd back there that can bust off an 80-yarder whenever – I mean – when you can run the ball like that and you can throw the ball because we've got the quarterbacks and we just need a receiver or two, that could be a scary offense. Scary. Yeah. And when you uh, got we'll a thousand see. yard rusher sitting back plus a plus a passing game, I mean, yeah. Dangerous. Finishing up just some different quick notes on some staffing rumors out there. Um, it's rumored that. Uh, the entire strength and conditioning staff has been let go. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't like pulling for that to happen. Also, like this kind of depends on the replacement. But I think Paul Jackson did a pretty good job considering um, the circumstances of this year with COVID and it being his first year there. But uh, the rumor going around right now is that it's looking like it could very well be Aaron Feld from Oregon. And if so, that'd be a home run higher when it comes to strength and conditioning. He's one of the most highly thought of guys in the business. He's wanting to move back down into the southeast. He used to be at Georgia. Uh, that would be. That would when be was huge. he at Georgia? Do you know? Pretty recently, it was like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, you're the man. Oh, so he's been around. He's been around while they were. Yeah. So I mean, okay. it would be it'd be a big time hire if they can pull it off. Um, like it would make some waves because he's a big name. But then past that, there's also rumors that uh, possibly jay graham will be coming back on staff he's at tennessee right now you know he was on staff during some of the spur years um the one thing that's a little unclear on that is it's looking like there's a very real chance that des kitching stays on staff which i am hoping for because i mean the running backs were the only position group this year that exceeded expectations and uh backs were the only so it would depend on then kind of which because they both are running back coaches so one of them could very well be flexed to a different role like tight ends or something um, because they're both good recruiters. They're both great recruiters, actually. Uh, I think you try to keep what them have, on staff. Has there possible. been anything talked about with Bobby Bentley? Would they keep him? Or It hasn't been ruled out that they'll keep him. Because, um, I mean, he is a decent recruiter. Oh, I mean, yeah. he knows a lot of coaches. No, he's here, a great recruiter for the, the state. Yeah, he's a great well, recruiter. I mean, here's the thing about Bentley. He knows people. 
I think the thing working against a lot of these guys is individually we've got some good assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. I think Des Kitchings, Bobby Bentley, uh, Connor Shaw, even though no telling how he's still looked at, like how he's still looked at. Bobo's still like a pretty well thought of offensive coordinator. Um, Rod Wilson's an up and comer. Like we've got some Mike Peterson on defense is another one that's good. So like those are six coaches that just individually, if you just ask me about them each individually, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be fine keeping them. But you can't keep six coaches from a team that went two and eight. It's just logistically, like it it just you can't do it. So there's going to be guys that I think probably are good coaches that we have to let go just because you can't keep all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that Bitley's going to be one of those guys that could possibly fall into that. Honestly, it won't happen, but I would not have hated a Bobby Bentley offensive coordinator. I think he would run that Oklahoma offense very well. Um, well, that's yeah. what he did when he was at Burns. I mean, yeah, they, I, I they scored. They scored a lot. At I Burns. would not have been against that, but I don't think it will happen. But I would not have been totally opposed to that. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, he did call the offense when he was the head coach at Burns, and they were winning state championships mm-hmm. every year for a decade and a half. And then uh, – one other very exciting name that's been out there is a potential. This one, it's since come out maybe a little more difficult to lure him away than we originally thought, but it's still a possibility. Is Torian Gray from Florida. He's the uh, defensive backs coach there. And hmm. very well thought of um, recruiter, very well thought of coach. Uh, considered one of the best defensive backs coaches in the game. Uh He's from Florida originally, though, which doesn't help a ton, but he does have a very strong relationship with uh, Shane Beamer. Um, he, they, I, don't, I know they both went to Virginia Tech. I don't know if they went there, if they were together at the same time or not. Um, but they both went to Virginia Tech, and they know each other very well. Uh, it's, I think there's a very real chance because their relationship is so strong. He would be a huge pull as well. Um, there's been some other guys, too. I've heard about the defensive line coach from NC State as a possibility to come on into the defensive line role. And, again, another great recruiter. Uh, I mean, they, he had Bradley For me, Cove. I just think any, anybody that they can lure away from one of these schools that's doing any kind of winning right now is good, no matter where <laughs> you throw them on the staff. Just because, I mean, after I, the last think, five years, we need any kind of winning in – winning winner's mentality injected into this program as much of it as we can get no matter where it's at I I think that whenever this stuff is completely finalized I think that it'll be a very strong one Um, I I think we'll be very happy with it very very happy Mm -hmm. with it Um, but anyways as we kind of look forward um, one I want to say that as excited as I am about this hire we can't sit here and expect to just look like an insanely different team next year. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. I think it's going to take two to three years. And all of that. But, I mean, this year's recruiting class just isn't going to be strong. It's a, it's a tough Never year to make a coaching coach, change. Because, no, but it's even tougher this year because they can't go yeah, visit COVID. these guys in person. I mean, you're recruiting guys that have never met you. Mm-hmm. Um, because yep. he, he said in the, in the press conference that if it wouldn't have been for COVID, he'd be in living rooms right now. Yeah. So. And, I mean, it it sucks that it's that way. And, I mean, already this recruiting class is bad. I think right now we're 80th or 90th in the country. Yeah, that's bad. Good Lord. So that's terrible for an SEC This is going to be a class that it's going to be, from what I've read, they're going to go after a lot of – what this class is. Well, I read they're going to go after a lot of JUCO guys that could possibly come in and contribute immediately. Um, well, I did see we had a pretty good corner coming in, hopefully from a JUCO. So I think I there could be some guys that – star-wise, it's going to be a terrible class, star-wise probably. But I think you could see some contributors that would possibly give you a decent starting point. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think if we can come out and just win six games next year, show progress under a new coach, I think there's a very real chance that 2022 class is a special one because you already got Gunnar Stockton in it. And he's going to attract other playmakers if you can show something next year with a new coach. And so, uh, and it gives him, it gives Beamer a year over a year to build relationships with these guys, and that's another thing that hurt us this year. Is one, the regular season went longer, but two, now that since it is, and some regular seasons are still going, these assistants can't leave their jobs yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the early signing period is next week. Like, yeah, that kills us this year. Uh, I think they should honestly for this one year. I think they should have gotten rid of the early signing period because of yeah. the way things I, are. But I, I think the biggest thing to watch. This year, at least, is the being able to transfer without having to sit out a year. So, 
mm-hmm. maybe we can lure some people away from some schools that maybe yeah. aren't playing that much or something like that. So I think that's something that he's going to have to have to take a look at and hopefully we can get some people away from some different places because we're going to need it i agree all right just very quick i'm going to put you both on the spot five years from now what do we oh no five years from now what five years from now what do you expect like what do you realistically think our team is going to look like like that you don't have to be an exact record but just around a record where you think we are in the East? What like what are you thinking? Five years from now. I'm going to speak mm. from the heart and hope it comes true. I hope we have at least one division title by then. Oh. That would be a tremendous success. Wait, what did you in say? Sorry, opinion. I missed. I missed that. Sorry. One division. One division title would be an, a humongous success. Okay, is that what you think would be a success, or is that what you think will happen? I would like to think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, do I think it's out of the realm of possibility? No. Do I think it's a long shot? Yes. I think it can be done, though. I mean, we've won before. I mean, in a, what, seven years ago, we were competing for a national championship? Uh, I mean, we're far away right now, but, I mean, I you, can, you can tell some guys, I mean, look, not too long ago, look where we were. Competing for a national championship is a little bit of a stretch. We never won a national championship game or no, SEC championship game for in and of itself that year. We were number three that year. <laughs> Let's just say we had national championship we caliber national teams. Team. We, had, we, had, we did have we caliber team. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. gauntlet we had to go through. It just never worked out. G-Money, what do you think five years from now? Um, I think we're probably hovering around average and – Fourth or fifth year, probably eight, nine wins, and probably slid into the third spot in the East, competing, probably getting close to, if not already competing for the East. But I think, I think with our position, um, along with the other schools, I think we're there's no reason why we can't be slid in with the in, in that third spot behind Georgia yeah, I mean, and if Florida. You, yeah, with, the, with Florida and Georgia, I mean, yeah, and. and maybe take them down a year or two. And that's the thing. Like, honestly, at Carolina, I think the expectations need to be around eight wins a year at least, and then every two, three years, you make a real run. Be the Auburn of the East. Yeah, that's what I've said. Like, honestly, I would be be completely happy and satisfied with being the Auburn of the East. Yep. And, I mean, I think – you give me just one national championship run every 10 to 15 years, and I am thrilled. I mean, that's one more than we've had our entire history. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, give me one national championship run in my lifetime. Well, I'm, when I say run, I mean just like a run, like a team that could legit possibly get there, not necessarily winning it every 10 or 15 years. Yeah. But, yeah, just winning it once in my lifetime, and I'll be thrilled. So, I, will, I will be blubbering like a baby at that. <laughs> so, so what are There's your predictions? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm pretty similar to you, G Money. I think eight, nine wins, um, competing for the East, but probably in that third range. But I, th- I will say this: I think in a consistently we'd be in that third range. But I think anywhere from that like year forward and on, there's any given year you can make a run. It would be my expectation and kind of what I think is gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think comparing us right now in the position that we're in, we just hired a new coach. Comparing them to outside of Georgia and Florida, the other teams in the East, Tennessee's going not in the right direction. Um, Vanderbilt, Missouri's, Missouri's going doing a little bit better than I think people I expected. Yeah, and Kentucky's well, they Kentucky's didn't beat us, but yeah, I mean, not terrible, not great, middle of the road. So I think that's a real. Um, possibility. I and think it's something that we should be kind of, kind of expecting. One other thing too, when I was when we're talking about this, is I was with, I read an interview with um one of the guys that we offered recently, one of those JUCO guys, and it kind of hit me that I mean, G Money, you're similar age to these guys. You're only a freshman in college, and mm-hmm. um, like to them, one of them said, "Yeah, they're trying to get back to the old Carolina." And, I mean, even to us, because, I mean, me and Spencer, obviously, we're only 23. I'm 23, Spencer's 22. Um, so we're, we didn't experience the 
at least we don't remember the one in twenty one stretch, but to them the old Carolina was the Spurrier years. Yep. Like they don't. Yep. The, what happened? Before what happened then, twenty years ago? Matter. They don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter in recruiting now because they saw what could happen. They see it could happen again, and that's one thing I think Beamer will have going for him too. Is he can say, "Hey, I was here an instrumental in making this happen. We're going to make it happen again, but we're going to actually go." And that's it. one of the things I was saying where. In year five, I would like to th- hope that we could possibly have a division title. He can say, look, seven, eight years ago, we were up to number three in the country. I wasn't on staff, but look, I recruited all those guys. I mean, I, mm-hmm. j- that's the big thing. If he can sell that those 2012, 13 teams that were didn't obviously did not win the national championship, but up there – if it were today with being a playoff caliber team, if he can sell that to these guys four or five years down the road, I think we could very well be competing with Georgia and Florida. Maybe not win it, but be competing for the division title. So, I mean, he's just got to sell that he recruited those guys, which I think he can do. Do we think in the next five years that we either come close to or beat Clemson? Uh, I think it's a very real possibility. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone after this year. That next guy looks good, but he's not Trevor Lawrence level. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say... Defense was the problem at Notre Dame, so they're... Without the offense, you know you can well, and you can exploit their defense. Notre Dame did that. I still think there's a very real chance that Brent Venables and Tony Elliott both take head coaching jobs in the next two to three years. I don't mm-hmm. know though. They're getting paid. How much is Venables getting paid? Yeah, but I read an article recently that he, because I always thought that he just wasn't interested. Does he just want to be a head coach for ego wise or what? He wanted to, and I mean, he could get a decent job. Like he could get a mid-tier Power Five job, probably. He could get an. I mean, they're not looking now, but he could have gotten like an Arkansas, I think, if he wanted it. Mm-hmm. I think he could get a Virginia Tech. Yeah. An NC State, I, something I, like that. I think his son is his son's still there, isn't he? I don't think he'd leave until he's gone. Well, now they have the transfer rule, though. Oh, yeah. All his son yeah. has to do is say, all right, I'm going with you. And, yeah. Because I don't think his son starts if he's not there, because I don't think his son's that great of a player. <laughs> Does the know. son start now? Yeah. Mm. He, uh, I mean, I now, now it's our, our, one of my close friends was telling me his son actually just broke his arm, so he's out now, mm. but... Yeah, I, I, I think that within five years, I think it's realistic to think that if we don't beat Clemson, we at least start playing them close. Yeah, because let's yeah, be honest, that's the it was The last four close. games have not been close. No, the closest game we played against them, we lost by 21. Yeah. And, the closest and, we came to beating them was when Sean Elliott was coaching. And, and those games, those games outside of like the first half, the first quarter, never even seemed like we were in it at all. No. The one, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one where, where Jake Billy had like his career game. That one actually we felt we like if it was Which not one? against Clemson, we would have felt like we were in it just because the way the game was going. But we all knew that it, Clemson was going to pull away and win it. That was the one. Which where one it was is like this? Like two years ago with Jake Billy? Yeah, it was at Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, no, I remember that one. But no, I think that, I think we at least become least competitive like within the next five years. Yeah. And. I mean, what's way after number two is, I mean, it sucks because they're our rival, but we're talking about one of, if not the best teams in the country here that you're trying to become competitive with. It's not like it's an easy task. Like, you become competitive with Clemson, and either they've really fallen off or you're becoming a national Yeah, or you're a national title or playoff contender. I mean, either one, obviously we prefer that we become the national level contender. But if Clemson drops off, that's a pretty good uh, oscillation. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a lot of work to do with the with the teams we have to play every year. I mean, we've got what four top ten teams, fifteen top Florida, top fifteen Georgia, teams. Then... Three real playoff <clears throat> contenders this year. But yep. that's another thing he can use to his advantage. You can say, look. You can go show these NFL scouts. Look who we play. Show these NFL scouts against top-tier talent what you can do. Well, You've got to use it. Long-term, really, because it will affect the long-term. 
these first two to three years, the key's going to be evaluations because you're not going to go in and sign a top five class or anything. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's no, going to no. be evaluations, and if you can evaluate and hit on guys, then that's how we won the Spurrier. Well, not only that, but if you we can were... evaluate and hit on guys and become that a contender this on the national level, then it's easier to recruit and get those top five. Oh guys. yeah. Like if you look Clemson's first national championship team, they had a few five stars here and there. But it was a lot of three and four star guys starting on that team. Mm-hmm. Which that's how we won in the Spurrier years. I yeah. mean, we had outside of Jadavion Clowney and Mark Lattimore, three stars everywhere. And I mean, even some two stars, if I'm not mistaken, Patrick I don't know by name, that yeah. were extreme hits that played out of their mind at Carolina and went on to be stars in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, it can be done. You've just got to find those guys that you think can absolutely explode and win you some ball games, which Spurrier did a great job of. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come Beamer down to was his recruiting coordinator. Is there, um, is there any news on the ball game? We're going to be in one. So, LSU, we, we definitely will now because LSU self-imposed. Oh, yeah, oh, I yeah, did I see that. that. My question is, can we self-impose a bowl ban for this year so we don't have to play more and then just say it's for future <laughs> I, violations? I, I will we'll say that. Who was it that said that they were gonna, we were going to turn down the bowl bid to focus on next year? I would prefer us to. I, would, I mean, really, he, go and get drilled on national TV? Beamer made a good point, though. He said that yeah, being in the bowl did. game would – Give him it an does opportunity get you to, those extra practices. Yeah. But does he really want practice. these guys coaching his players? That's my concern with it is you're going to have our I mean, really. coaches doing it. And yeah. I don't know. Pros and cons. Unless he can figure each, out a way to come it. back and work, run practice, but I doubt that because he's going to be sticking with Oklahoma through the Big 12 title. Well, that's only less than – that's like a week and a half now. It's not like it's terribly long. It's nine days. Yeah, but would he stick around for the bowl game? Well, how many – I don't think there's games. any chance he'll stick around for the – if he sticks around for – I will say this. I didn't love that he was sticking around for the I didn't either. I didn't love that. No, I can I was, see it, though. I can see it. Now, I will say, too, I, I already saw him for it. I already I saw like a it, recruit um, in an interview said something about how he loved that about him, that he was staying there. He said they showed me that he's serious about his commitment. So some recruits like it. But I will say. Well, I mean, it's like he said in his press conference. He, he can't, you, at least I agree with him. He can't get up there in his first speech to the team talk about trust and respect and loyalty and then go turn his back on his guys at Oklahoma. I respect it. I don't really like it personally just because I want him at Carolina recruit and that's just being selfish. But I do respect and see where the, where he's coming from because I do think it will help him in the long run because it will show these his current players at Carolina right now and the recruits he's going to be talking to in years to come that if he says something, you can trust it. You trust that he's there for you. He's Loyal to the team. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't like. I, it. I agree with that. I will say though that I will not like it if he sticks around to coach in just a meaningless bowl game. Yeah. yeah. Because it's that, one I thing mean, if like he was a players playoff. Players out of bowl games and nobody really cares much about it. Like that's different in my opinion. Now, if it was like if they were playing in the college football playoff, I would be fine with him sticking around. Or even a New Year Six. Not even New Year Six. Probably. Well. Uh, that, yeah. Bowl games outside of the college football playoff now are pretty much insignificant. Let's be real. Yeah. They mean nothing. Nobody cares about them except for the playoff. It's just kind of sad, but... That is sad, but that's just the way it is now. Yep. Anyways. We're going... We're getting close to an hour, so we probably need to wrap it up. Um, But exciting times in Gamecock football. It's one of those things that happens, and it's like, why can't the next season just start next week? Because we just want to see kind of how it unfolds, but... Uh, it'll be it'll be exciting to watch for sure. Yep. Now we get to see if Spurs up stays or not. <laughs> Spurs up or Shane Train or Shane Plane or <laughs> Beamer Bus. I personally like the idea of the hashtag instead of uh, Spurs up. Just do the one that we've had it some during the Spurs years, but it was never official. Just hashtag We Cocky. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. It's unique. Very obvious who you're talking about. Has a kind of play on words where it's fun because it's like Gamecocks, but then also like, hey, we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he said he was getting Justin King to work on a hashtag, so I don't know where it <laughs> goes. I, but... I am excited to see what Justin King is going to be able to put together over the next few years with some actual exciting football. 
Yeah, and and it's sad that he's such that, that, he's, he's so good at what he does, and he never gets any help from the actual team. <laughs> he has to hype up this terrible team. If we were a Nashville contender, he would put out like his videos would be on like ESPN, I think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it'll be a fun few years. Either way, I, I think no matter we could completely come out and crash and burn, and I think these are going to be more fun years than the last five have been. Oh yeah, for can't sure. Get, we can't go down. We can only go up. <laughs> That's how. I mean, I'm this has been the it. most depressing, worst year of Gamecock football I've seen in my entire life. I mean, we've got 46 <laughs> guys. I think is what Bobo said on scholarship. That is awful. We can't go down from. I mean, we can, but I don't see how it's possible. You can possibly get much worse. It's going to so, be interesting to to see what can he can only do go with it. Up. All right. Well. I'm not really sure what our schedule is going to look like over the next uh, little bit now with the basketball team being on pause because of COVID and yeah. football Girls season being lost. over other than maybe a bowl game. Um, but we'll still be putting out some stuff. I'm sure once we have a full staff, we'll kind of do a breakdown of the staff and what we're looking at. Um, in a normal year, we'd probably have a lot of recruiting stuff to talk about. I don't really know what it's going to look like this year. Um, but we'll be putting some stuff out there. We can always, too... Uh, even just do some off-topic shows, kind of like favorite Gamecock players of all time, um, mm-hmm. different stuff like that. And we'll, we'll make sure to still keep some content coming your way. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cocky's Corner. Uh, we've got a special Christmas uh, profile picture on there. <laughs> I personally am a fan of it, but I'm a big Christmas guy over here, so uh, that's probably why I'm more of a fan of it. But yeah, make sure you go check us out over there. Um, as always, um, go Cox. Clemson sucks. Um, <laughs> so we'll see you when we see you. Hashtag we cock. Yep. <laughs> see you, everybody. Bye, y'all. <laughs>